Goosebumps number 57, My Best Friend is Invisible by R.L. Stein. Not seeing is believing. He's out of sight. For real. Sammy Jacobs is into ghosts and science fiction. Not exactly the smartest hobby. At least not if you ask Sammy's parents. They're research scientists, and they only believe in real science. But now, Sammy's met someone who's totally unreal. He's hanging out in Sammy's room and eating his cereal at breakfast. Sammy's got to find a way to get rid of his new friend. Only problem is... Sammy's new friend is invisible. Listener beware, you're in for a scare. Nice kids. They're gonna love Dark Falls. Somebody's out there. Welcome to Welcome to Deadcast. Hi, you guys. Hi, I'm Daniel Montgomery. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery, and I'm sorry we shouldn't have kept you waiting, but here's a new episode. We're the Terror Twins, and we love Goosebumps. I wish I didn't have dreams. I wish I didn't have to make money, because otherwise I would just sit and read and watch Goosebumps all day, and sometimes I do. Oh my god, I've been re-watching all of the Goosebumps episodes in book order. I already did that, bitch. I did it too, and then I finished, and I started again. Oh my gosh, God bless. Recently, it was Father's Day, and to celebrate, I watched Stay Out of the Basement. Lol. That's like the closest one I can think of that's like a Father's Day episode. No. No, I'm your father. No, it's absolutely perfect. Um, I've been watching a lot of Rugrats lately, and so they say invisible on here, so it was really hard for me not to think of the word invisible when I was reading wow, this. Wow. That, that must be really hard. Things are so tough. You guys, we have, um, after this book, we only have five left of the original series. That's crazy. That's just crazy. That's just crazy. You're talking crazy. So let's get into it. Yeah, we have a a television episode for this um, book. Uh, A lot of the recent ones, we haven't had a lot of TV episodes lately, so this is kind of a return to form. Yes. Um, So we will be talking about that later in the episode. Oh, Tay. This is a TV episode I haven't seen as much as others. Yeah, I didn't remember much of it, much of it, except for the very end, and woo! I have to say, I remember the TV episode more than I remembered the book, and I was a little surprised about where the book took me. There's some fun stuff in this book, yeah. and I think this book is, um, a lot of it, again, rests on the twist ending, um, and so um, get ready, you guys, um, and just get... You're going to twist and shout. I know. By the end of this, you'll be twisting, twisting your nips. My best friend is invisible. <laughs> My best friend. You sound like you're about to sing something. <laughs> it uh, uh, came out in July 1997. And Matthew, pleased to tell the listeners what this the book cover looked like. Well, this book has a lot of kind of like garishly bright colors. The original print, um, the colors with it are orange and yellow. 
Yeah, it's just your classic orange, and it's your classic canary yellow. Sometimes we have, like, you know, like, shit brown and, like... Turquoise. Like, like black-eyed blue. I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like, whatever. But this one is just straight-up orange and yellow, you guys. It's bright and fun. Um, so uh, the cover of this book is a garishly colorful kitchen with a blue and purple tiled kitchen... Um, counter. Counter. That's the word. With a pink drawer that's open. Then there is a pizza. <coughs> Bless you. <coughs> oh my goodness. Is it because you were, ta- we're about to talk about cats? Yes, I'm allergic to the cover, you guys, because there is... I'm not going to edit any of that. I'm going to keep it in there. No, keep it in. That's what's so real. That's what our fans love about us, is our because honesty. Because we're, honestly, we're so real. You know what I mean? And like, this is us unedited, and if you don't like it, you can go... Well, you just edited yourself. I did. I don't want people to know the real me. Yeah, that's true. You don't. The real me is a southern girl with her Levi's on and, and an, an open, open heart. The real me is a southern girl with a Levi's on and an open heart. That's not me at all. That's the opposite of me. Um, okay, so nothing but a t-shirt on. I never felt so beautiful, beautiful baby, as I do now. Now that I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. I haven't heard that song in a very, very long that time. That you should put on your summer mix. I should put that on my summer mix, but do you know what song goes on my summer mix every single year? It's Invisible by Ashley Simpson. You're the one who looked right through me. Now Now you're you're saying saying that you knew me when I was invisible. My best friend is invisible. Thank you guys so much for listening to the Ashley Simpson podcast. I'm Matthew Scott Montgomery. Where can we catch you? Okay, um... (laughs) Okay, so on a Monday, we're waiting. Tuesday, y'all, we are fading. And by Wednesday, bitch, I can't even sleep. Um, fuck, I love Ashley Simpson. Mm. I wish I didn't have dreams or have to make money because I would just sit and listen to Ashley Simpson records all day long. Yes. And sometimes I do. Hey, how long till the music drown you out? That's a good, that's a really good point. <laughs> this book makes you want to lala in the, in the kitchen on the counter. The counter with the blue and purple tiles. Do you see how I brought it all the way around? That's why we're winning all these awards. That's why we have so many. I'm just kidding. Um... <laughs> Okay, snap, so, snap, snap. So there clap, is. Clap, clap, <laughs> Stop distracting us, guys. Um, there, there is this garish kitchen counter, and on the kitchen counter is a pizza box, and there is a slice of pizza with a bite taken out of it, and it's floating in the air, and there is white cheese dangling from the pizza. There's also a green soda pop can with a, a striped... Uh, uh, here we go now. It's a striped it's a striped straw sticking out of this green soda pop can. I know it's a can of soda pop because it says pop on it. Pop Cicero lip shit. Wow. Just popping out. Popping out. I haven't even gotten to what is really on this cover, though. So presumably there is a ghost. I don't know how he's doing it or an invisible person eating a slice of pizza and drinking pop at the same time. But there is a cartoonishly 
um, orange cat on the kitchen counter with its paws pulled up against its titties and it's screaming. It's like screaming in terror. And it's definitely, to me, like the silliest, most cartoony yes. Goosebumps book cover because it looks like a Looney Tunes cartoon. Yes. And if you look this, if you Google this, you will see what we're talking about. But actually later in the book, there is a scene where there's an orange cat named Brutus who gets scared by an invisible boy eating a slice of pizza. So this is actually from the book. I if like you, that it's from the book. If you want a total spoiler alert, which you don't, after you listen to this episode, do this, don't this now google the korean cover of oh my, my best goodness. friends video and girl girl those poor korean kids who read that they didn't they didn't even get to enjoy the book because the ending was ruined anyway okay you guys i'm done for this episode daniel take it away sure so the protagonist of this book is sammy jacobs and we learn like many many other goosebumps books um can you name some for me matthew werewolf of fever swamp um, Deep Trouble-ish. Deep Trouble, where his uh, his parents are scientists. Yes. Like vague scientists doing sciencey things. And they work in a college lab and do, deal with stuff with lights and lasers. They're always talking about their work at home. The The book starts with Sammy at the dinner table with his parents and his younger brother, Simon. Who's What's interesting about this, which is a little different... So we have kind of annoying little brother or sister in this, but we have two males. Usually it's like a brother with an annoying sister or a sister with an annoying brother. We have two males, both with the names that start with the same letter. We also don't get a physical description of them at the beginning of the book. Um, so use your imagination. Yeah. Uh, Simon. It was just my imagination. Once again, running away with me. S- Sammy is is a science fiction freak. He loves aliens. He loves comic books. And his younger brother, Simon, is like the goody good, never gets in trouble, always does his homework, always serious. And Sam is kind of like the, you know, the the one that um, is a little, little like kooky and crazy and wants to do his own thing. And Simon's the perfect child. So I'm Sammy and Daniel Simon. That's sort of correct. But Sam is desperate for his parents' attention, Gets kind of gets in like a, a fight with Simon, ends up knocking like the spaghetti off, I don't know, the table or something. And S- Sam's like, I'm seeing a, a movie called School Spirit this weekend. It's about a ghost that haunts a boarding school. And his parents are like, oh, I wish you were interested in real science, not science fiction, not make-believe. And Sam's like, oh, man. So he excuses himself and goes upstairs and get ready for his best friend, Roxanne, to come over. Pause. I would just like to say this movie, School Spirit, sounds amazing, and I hate that I can't actually see it. We should. You should write one or make one. Sure, I'll get on that. And um, I'm sorry I said that. His... Roxanne is his best friend and they, they're going to do their math homework together and when he opens the daughter's room he gasps no please because he sees that his homework papers are scattered everywhere and his cat Brutus is sitting in the middle of the pile my, my notebook but he notices that Brutus looks scared and he goes to close his window because he realizes it must have been the wind but he realizes that like what's the deal like I thought he'd closed the window earlier but now it's open what is the deal also this is weird for Brutus to be acting scared because Brutus is notoriously a bitch like in the family like Brutus usually like smacks Sammy to wake him up Brutus is always biting and scratching everyone in the family and is just a really mean cat yeah, just a cat. Just a really teen cat. And so Roxanne comes in and she's like, oh, what's going on here? And she's, he was like, the window, but the window. And she was like, well, your mom probably opened it. Chill out. So Roxanne and Sam are super competitive about everything. And They're like those friends that like, they're friends, but they like kind of hate each other. But they're friends. Right. And Which is really indicative of like seventh grade. They're talking to each Pepper other. Pepper Ann, Pepper Ann. Way too cool. They talk about... 
the mini Olympics that are coming up next week for their school and how they lost last year because Sam tripped when like someone took a picture from the stand or something and the camera flashed in his eyes and he ruined the whole thing for all of them. And Mailed. oh God. And while, while Roxanne and Sam are in the room, Brutus is acting very weird. And Roxanne's like, huh, he is acting weird. He hasn't tried to scratch me at all. And he seems to be scared of something by the window, but they ignore that. And Roxanne and Sam talk about their project for English class. So this is the whole crux of the entire book, basically. Roxanne knows that there's this haunted house by the woods across from the college in Middletown. And she was like, I think for our project, for school, we should investigate the house and find a ghost and interview it. And Sam's like, okay, that doesn't make sense. Um, the house isn't haunted and there is no ghost. And how are we even going to do that girl? And then they hear this low, frightening moan coming from the hallway. And then this strange white light appears in the door and comes floating towards them, filling the doorway, shimmering, shining, splendid, stretching and rolling towards them. And they hear another low moan. They realize it's a ghost. It's a real ghost. No wait. It's Sam's dad who is carrying this light contraption that he invented. And he was just playing a trick on them. And his mom is like, uh, mom shows up and is like, oh, don't uh, f- tease the kids. And he was like, no, I just, he was like, it's no big deal. And she's like, you need to be careful with that. He had brought home this laser light to repair it. And she was like, you brought it home to repair it, not to scare with it. And Roxanne's like, I'm not scared. I just went along with it. Hey, cool trick. We really scared him. We really got Sam good. And Sam's like, like, read about me, bitch. Yeah. And, and he, and. Arlstein as Sam writes, sometimes I hate her. Hate her, in all caps. <laughs> um, Simon appears in the doorway and says, hey, Brutus just ran into the living room and he ruined my experiment for school about me measuring my body growth. So, like, Simon's trying to do this thing where he's, like, laying down on the floor with a piece of paper and trace himself and he's going to check every few days to see if he's growing, which these don't really sound like very good science projects. I vote for the interviewing a ghost one because that sounds like fun to me. Now that we're, when we reread this book, I didn't remember all the ghost stuff about it. You know, that is, actually, I'm the opposite. That is what I remember Oh, about see, it. I only remember the twist ending and... I remember Hedge House, Hedge House, Hedge House. See, I don't remember, there's, you guys, there's a bunch of, I think, really fun stuff coming up about really Hedge House. Really crazy stuff. And also, I'd just like to say, if you guys have seen the Goosebumps movie... This character we're about to be introduced to, the Invisible Boy, is featured a lot. Is featured a lot in especially the end of the. What was that? (gasps) It's the Invisible Boy. He's a menace. And you know what? When I saw the movie the first time, I got to say, I my brain went immediately to let's get invisible as opposed to my best friend is invisible. So when I was watching the movie, I was like, the invisible boy. And then I was like, fuck, I totally forgot about number 57. Da- the dad explains that this light thing is a molecule detector light. It looks like a regular silver silver flashlight, but it's kind of like an x-ray and it can shine on like all kinds of insects and things in the air that you can't normally see. Um, So it's like a super powerful flashlight. So it turns out that Sammy's parents were actually inventing the molecule light, which is that black light that the girls would use to inspect the boys' rooms that they were going to date on Room Raiders on MTV. (laughs) Wasn't that show only like five episodes max? (laughs) 
Yeah, and they just play them over and over again. God, do you remember those days? Remember Elimidate? Do you remember... I mean, next, obviously. Of course. Wasn't there one that was like Fifth Wheel or something? Wasn't Justin on one of them where it's like meet my parents before we yes. go on a date? Yes, yes, yes. God, that was some crap that we watched when we were way too young to be watching that shit. It's just about sex, sex. Well, remember MTV Spring Break when we were tiny children and it was like sex, sex, sex. Oh, yeah. Remember people would like only show up wearing whipped cream or something? Wow. Okay, so back to um, a children's book. So... So Simon makes a joke. It's like, oh, cool. Molecule detector light. Things, see, seeing things you normally can't see. Maybe you can use it to find Sammy's brain. And everyone laughs at Sammy. And Sammy's like, you can all leave, including Roxanne. Get out of my room. If I don't you feel don't like, like it. You can leave. So basically he, he pushes them all out. And Sammy gets a bum rap this entire book. It makes me so angry for him. And yeah. he, he's like, I don't feel like doing my homework with you, with you anymore, Roxanne. Leave. And then after they leave, Sam trips. Sammy trips on something on the floor and looks and sees that nothing was there. Huh. So he can't sleep that night. He wakes up the next. He wakes up in the middle of the night to a flapping sound. Oh no! It's bats. No, it's the curtains. Oh. It's the curtains. I thought it was rats. And somebody had opened the window again. He's like, "What is going on?" At breakfast. His parents are like, oh, wow, you look terrible and tired. Always tired. And he eats one spoonful of cereal when Simon's like, Sammy, come upstairs. And he's like, ugh. And um, basically... Simon wants Sammy to get Brutus Brutus off of his bed so he can make it because Brutus slept in there last night, which is so weird because he always sleeps in Sammy's room. So Sammy's like, huh, that's strange. And when he gets back to breakfast, all of his cereal has been eaten. Oh no, my breakfix has been eaten. And his parents are like, oh, well, it must have been a ghost. And Sammy's like, well, someone did it. Look, the spoon is on the left side. I always leave mine on the right side. And his parents are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, it's lefty. Let's get invisible too. So that day during math, Miss Starkling catches Sammy staring out the window and says, hey, why don't you do a math problem at the chalkboard, you know, daydreamer? And he says, oh, no, I didn't do the homework. Ew, can you imagine doing math on a chalkboard? No, that makes me feel sick. I was watching this television episode. I was like, um, did they go to school in the 1960s? It makes me feel sick. Think of, like, think of a green chalkboard with piss yellow chalk. I'd rather retch. I will. No, I know. So as he's doing the math problem on the board, he's starting to write. He feels something cold and wet squeeze his hand really tightly. And he feels hot breath on his face. Oh, no, it's my ex-boyfriend. And his hand, somebody starts moving his hand for him and starts writing. And he's like, what is going on? He yanks his hand back and runs screaming from the room. And Mrs. Starkling runs after and says, is everything all right? Are you feeling well? And Sammy's like, uh, I'm just, I'm just dizzy from not eating breakfast. So she sends him to the lunchroom. Cool, guys. After school, Sammy wants to walk home If I had known it was that easy to get out of math class, then my ass would have screamed at the chalkboard earlier. We didn't have a chalkboard. Sammy's like, I want to walk home alone, like, just to think about everything. But Roxanne follows him, and she's like, hey, I'm so good at math. I love math. I'm so good at math. We should go to the haunted house on Saturday night for the project after school spirit. She And he was like, yeah, cool. I'll call you later. And when he gets home, he hears Brutus meowing from the kitchen, meowing to be let out. But Brutus is actually meowing in fear. His back arched. He's crouched on a chair. And this is the cover of the book. There is a pizza on the kitchen table, and a slice of it is hovering in the air above the table and and Sammy's like what is happening who's there who are you who are you with a dippy little look on his face <laughs> and he freaks when he sees an invisible force eating the pizza bite by bite that was my pizza 
and he promises he was like I promise I'll give up reading science fiction and ghost stories if if I if I close my eyes and nothing is there dear lord and he opens them and he's oh thank god nothing is there but then he realizes oh nothing is there because someone ate it all the ghost ate it all help help it's attack of the hungry hungry ghost and his mom walks in and she's like oh you ate everything and you snack before dinner and he says but it was and she said oh the ghost who ate your cereal enough so Sammy's like tries to convince her and he's like no no but there is just I'll hear none of this and but when the mom turns away Brutus is lifted off the floor by himself and then dropped back down when she turns around <sighs> and she says go you know what you should go to your room and make your bed your room is a mess and when he gets to his room he sees that it's covered in trash there's cereal boxes and spaghetti and wet peanut butter jelly stuck between his sheets and his bed and frosted flakes and gotta have my pops and chicken legs. And he's like, what? His mom comes in and is like, I didn't know it was this messy. What have you been doing up here? And he says, maybe Simon did it. She says, clean it up and no dinner for you. Bitch. Clearly you've had enough. And he says, how, how is... How is this happening? And how, how, how am I going to clean this all up? And then a voice says, I'll help you. And then the cereal cereal boxes float up by themselves and throw themselves in the trash. And the voice says, hello, it's me, Valentina. It's me, Valentina. And she, the voice says, um, God, what is that? Oh, he says, uh, the voice says, like, hey, Sammy, I know your name because I heard Roxanne call you Sammy. And he was like, I showed up. Um, he's like, I showed up here when Roxanne showed up last night to help you with your homework. We should make, you should make your bed in the morning like Simon always does. And he was like, what is happening? What are you? Are you a ghost? And he goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> no I'm alive. I'm alive. And, and by the way the desk chair moves, Sammy can see that this thing is sitting in the desk chair. And he's like, gosh. This, it's so hot in this room, which is why he keeps opening the window. And, like, you know, motif here is that Invisible Boy is always hot and always hungry. Just like me. And he says, I'm so sorry that I trashed the room. I was just so hungry and I just want to be your friend. I just want to be your buddy. My name's Della. I just want to be your buddy, Sarah. And... He says, I've, and she, he was like, well, what are you? And he was like, I'm not a ghost. And he's like, but you're invisible. And he says, how long have you been invisible? He says, as long as I can remember. He says, I don't even know where my parents are. They just dropped me off here. My name is 12 and my name is Brent Green. Did you say my name is 12? He said, my name is 12 and I'm Brent Green years old. <laughs> and Simon walks in. And I can't remember my last name or what hotel we're staying at. And I am Eddie and Sue. I am Edward and Susanna. Simon walks Simon Simon walks in and says, Um, who are you talking to? And he's like, Wow, this room is a real mess. And he goes to sit down on the desk chair and Sammy screams, No, no, no. And then uh, the the chair moves out from behind Simon and Simon falls on his fanny and he blames it on Sammy and says, You're pulling tricks on me, Sammy, and runs away and he's like, Oh no. But, but then Sammy thinks, you know hmm. what? <laughs> Maybe. This might be uh, a kind of cool maybe, to have just an invisible friend. Maybe. Having an invisible friend might be cool. He says, hey, Brutus, can you make me invisible? And he says, no. Hey, Brent? <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. I don't know where my brain is today. Daniel's too hot and too hungry. I'm sorry. I need some chicken legs. What'd He's, you call me? You heard me. And he says, Brent, can you, can you make me invisible? He says, no. He says, he says, Brent, are you dressed right now? And Brent's like, yeah, why? He's just wondering, can you walk through things? And he says, um, no, I'm invisible, but I'm not a ghost. I'm just a regular invisible boy. 
So they clean up the room together and then they kiss. And then Roxanne comes over with a big bunch of books. And Sam is like, oh my gosh, I want to introduce you. I want to introduce you to, to the invisible boy, Brent. And Roxanne goes, yeah, I see him. Yeah, right. Knock it off, Sammy. There's no such thing. And Sammy's like, no, no, no. Brent, prove it. Prove it to Roxanne. Pick up a book or something. But Brent, of course, doesn't respond. Yeah, I mean, just like classic every single Goosebumps book, this happens. You know, we, we can we can just write it ourselves. Roxanne's like, you know what? I'm not actually here to do homework, but... I came over to ask if we're going to go for sure to Hedge House on Saturday night for the project. And Roxanne goes, in fact, I brought all these books, and they're all about Hedge House. And I can't wait to read you the story of the Hedge Hedge House. House. There have been many stories about the horrors of Hedge House, but the true horror began when the Stilson family moved into town. They moved into Hedge House. No one had lived there for years, because everyone knew that the house was haunted. Tall, dark hedges grew around the house, enclosing it, sealing it off from curious eyes. Every year, the hedges grew taller and darker until they turned the color of night and shaded the highest windows. The local people knew why the hedges grew that way. It's the will of the ghost, they'd say, to keep the house chilly and dark, as cold and icy as the spirit itself. Everyone knew that. Everyone but the Stilson family. From the day the Stilsons moved in, the hedge house ghost visited 10-year-old Jeffrey Stilson's bedroom. The ghost visited every night. Jeffrey, the ghost moaned. Jeffrey, I've been waiting for you. Each night, Jeffrey woke up shaking, frightened. He stared hard into the darkness of his room, searching for the man behind the voice. But no one was ever there. He told his parents about the nightly visits, told them again and again, but they didn't believe him. Jeffrey, I've been waiting for you. The ghost's voice returned one very chilly evening. I need you. What do you want? Jeffrey cried out. Tell me what you want. At the sound of Jeffrey's voice, the ghost appeared. It was the ghost of a young man from a time long ago. Jeffrey could tell from the clothes it wore, short, baggy black pants that ended below the knees, black socks pulled all the way up high to meet the pants, cuffs, and black boots with shiny silver buckles. Jeffrey stared at the ghost. He stared in horror at its black shirt, at the right sleeve that hung loosely at the ghost's side, the sleeve with no arm inside. Come with me, Jeffrey, the ghost moaned. Come with me to learn the secret of this awful house. I think that's it. So as Roxanne is is reading this ludicrous story, Brent is like doing silly things behind her, like opening and closing like the closet door and juggling books. And Sammy can't stop laughing. And Roxanne's like, you have to take this seriously, please. This is not a joke. We need to film the ghost. So she says, okay, so apparently the ghost hates light. And if a light shines on him, he goes into a rage. And as she's saying this, the light bulb in the ceiling starts to squeak and squeak as Brent is unscrewing it. And Sammy goes, look, look at the light bulb unscrewing. It's Brent. It's Brent the Invisible Boy. But Roxanne's not even paying attention. She's like gathering books and like grumbling that she's like, I should have picked another partner. You're not even even listening to me. He's no, the light bulb. And she's like, no, 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 no. If you don't want to work with me on the project, then like... 
like, then I, if you didn't want to work with me in the project, then you didn't have to make up these like stupid stories. You could have just told me and storms out. And she's like, no, wait. Sammy's like, no, no, wait, wait, wait. And he says, hey, Brent, why did you do that? And he's angry, like really angry at Brent. And and then Brent and then doesn't he respond. Kind of bad. He feels like, kind of bad. And he's like, I'm sorry. Like, I just want to like, I just want to talk and get to know you better. I think you're really cute and fun. <laughs> and I can't and see you. have a really great voice. And there's nothing nothing at all and sammy's like it was brent gone for good and i was like no girl it's 10 chapters in yeah was he gonna have to find a new best friend so sammy is grounded because of um the mess of his room and on the school bus he's like he's like it's time to think about everything that happened with brent and he's like i feel bad girl like like Brent just wanted a friend. He just wanted to be best friends. I, I mean, Roxanne's a shitty best friend, so I could use a new one. But he also, at the same time, doesn't trust Brent. And he's like, he must want me to for a friend for some nefarious reason. Like, I don't know, to take over my body. Yeah, yeah, that's what he wants to do. I, I know he does. And when Sammy gets to school, he sees a girl. This is so... It's rid- fun. I, I don't know. I think this is extreme. It's stupid, but it's, I think it's fun. He gets to school. He sees a girl talking to no one standing next to her at the water fountain, like animatedly. And then he looks down the hallway and sees a boy talking to no one next to his locker. And then he looks and sees that everyone in the school is turning and facing someone invisible and talking to them. He said, oh my gosh, everyone, everyone's talking to invisible people. And Roxanne shows up and Sammy immediately knows something is up because she starts dying laughing and everyone starts dying laughing. And Roxanne told them all about the invisible boy and the whole school is making fun of Sammy. And, and it's just, it's, it's so awful. It's bullying. And in Mrs. Starling's class, I guess it was Starling and not Starkling. Um, Sammy realizes, again, he didn't do his homework. Like, do your homework, girl. I know, girl. And Miss Starling's like, are you feeling better? And she says, he says, yeah. And she's, okay, could you come to the board to finish that equation? And then she says, no, no, wait, not you, Sammy. I was talking to your visible friend sitting next to you. <laughs> and she and everyone starts laughing and laughing Even and laughing. Even Mrs. Starkling Starling isn't on the joke. So to avoid everyone, Sammy eats his lunch by himself in the library. Oh, poor baby! And he has to make sure he has to hide lunch for his his lunch from the from evil Miss Pinsky because food ain't allowed in the library. But as he's eating his tuna sandwich, it rises up in front of him, and bites start getting start disappearing from it. He goes, "Sprint, stop it!" He screams, "Stop it! Stop it! Stop it!" And Brent says, "I was bored staying at home." And Sammy says, "Everyone thinks I'm going nuts. Stop it!" And Miss Pinsky comes up to him because he's screaming and he has a tuna sandwich and says, "Why are you talking to the library? Who like who are you talking to?" And then she's like he, she sees how distressed he is and then she was like, "Hmm, Talking to yourself is a sign that something's wrong with you, honey. Would you like to talk to the guidance counselor? Isn't that funny? Like, it's like, you know, normally the way he was talking to Mrs. Pinsky earlier, that she's such a strict, a strict, strict, that, you know, she'd be really, really mad. But his behavior is so disrespectful to her and so against the rules that it, it makes her sad and she's concerned about him. And she she was like, I really think you should. And he says, no, I can't today. I have the Olympic race this afternoon. And she says, well... Oh, yeah, the Olympic race, which for sure is going to go well. And I, I really don't like the Olympic race stuff. I wish we could just move past all That's that. one of the first things I think of. I think of the twist ending. If there's anything else I think of, it's the Olympic race. Oh, titties. I know. She was like, well, promise me if you see, you speak to somebody or speak to me if anything's bothering you, okay? And then he turns around and sees that everyone around him is still doing the talking to an inv- fake invisible friend and laughing at him. And it's time for the big race. And 
Sammy and Roxanne are like two of the fastest kids in school. And yeah. they're in a relay race. And the relay race is some guy named Jed, then Sammy, and then Roxanne. And Sammy sees kids laughing at him from the bleachers. And he's like, everyone hates me. Everyone thinks I'm uh, crazy. And he's like, I'm going to make sure I get back. I'm going to make sure I get Roxanne back for all this shit. Bitch. And the race starts. And Jed is in first place. And, you know, he's going to hand the baton to Sammy or whatever for this relay race. And all of a sudden it's Sammy's turn. And Sammy's way ahead. And as he's, he's running. He feels hands on his arm and a shoulder pulling him into the air. And he hears Brent saying, I'm going to help you win. We're going to fly. And I guess Brent trips and Sammy struggles to get free of him and, like, falls and trips and he landed hard on his elbows and knees ouch and arlson also points out that when he lands his head bangs into the cinders and i was like is the track is like is it not like i don't know is it gravel is it concrete i don't know again is this it, is another one of those things where i'm like does this take place in like the 1800s or, or whatever the hell it is because he I mean, keeps talking about the cinders and how the cinders burned his elbows and knees and there's all this dust on the track but like arlstein probably hasn't been to a school and like a well i just i just don't understand what cinders are i don't understand what it means either and also this would be like the most painful thing that's ever happened and as he sits in the cinders people uh, like jaw like run by and mud flies into his eyes and i'm like it's a muddy track filled with cinders like, I, do, I don't understand it and his elbows and knees are scraped raw and roxanne is so mad says how could you and everybody boos at sammy and sammy says it wasn't my fault it was the invisible kid <laughs> sammy you should know better than not to say that also I know this is a children's book called My Best Friend is Invisible, but the logistics of, like, Sammy running on a track and a kid who could lift him, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. If he were a ghost, I could see how maybe he He's could not help. a ghost. He's a regular invisible boy. Yeah. And Roxanne says, well, I wish you were invisible. Oh, and, sick burn. And Sammy runs home and says, something's got to be done about Brent. Something's up with Jack. Something's up with Jack. And when Sammy gets back home and he hears the window opening and it's Brent. And Sammy's like, you know what, bitch? You have to get out. And Brent goes, but I want to hang. We should get pizza. <laughs> nah, bitch. You don't even know me, sis. And she's, he says, I want to get pizza. I want to be your best friend. And he's like, Sammy's like, oh, God. Sammy's parents then immediately call him down to dinner. And at dinner, Sammy very plainly says, I have something important I need to say to you guys. There is an invisible boy living in my room, and I need your help getting rid of him. And his parents say, not now, Sammy. We're too busy trying to fix our molecule detector light. And he's like, no, 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 but there's an invisible. They said, not now, Sammy. And then he feels a kick under the table, and he kicks Simon back. But Simon's like, it wasn't me. And he's like, oh, God, it was Brent. By the end of, di- by the end of dinner, Sammy has the perfect plan cooked up of how to get rid of Brent. I know how we can do it. This is the perfect plan. So after dinner, he sneaks some food upstairs to Brent and goads him into coming out saying, I know you're hungry. I got some food for you. I got mom's famous chicken legs. And he says, gosh, this food is good, isn't it, Brent? You know, Roxanne's mom is a really great cook. And you know what? You should go to her house and try her food. And you know what? When you go try her food, you should just stay over there. Yeah, yeah. You should just stay over over there. And, you know, Roxanne needs a ghost for her science project, and you could be her best friend. And Brent's like, what? 
And no. Brent's like, nah, dog. I want to be best friends with a dude. I don't want to be best friends with no bitch. And Sammy eventually starts yelling at him. And he's like, you just need – but fine. But then you just need to leave. Isn't this a great plan, you guys? And he screams, you need to leave. You need to leave. And now Brent's voice sounds deeper and meaner. And he's just, I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving. And Sammy feels a hot hand on his shoulder and arm gripping him hard and pulling him, pulling his pants towards the window. No. No, please. But Sammy breaks free. And Brent says, I was just kidding. We were just resting. You know, friends, friends wrestle. I'm your best friend. Your best friend is invisible. And Brent's and Sammy's like, no, you're dangerous, Brent. You're dangerous. You've ruined my life. And, and Brent goes, I was just trying to help. And he's like, help, how? Help, yeah, right. And this mom walks in and says, um, who are you yelling at? Is it the invisible boy? And he's like, it is, Brent. Brent, talk to her. Talk to my mother. And she's like, oh, sweetie. I think you might have a fever. He says, I'm not sick. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just rehearsing for the school play in case they ask me to be in it. And she's like, oh, okay. That seems like a legitimate excuse. And she kind of feels bad because she knows her son is crazy. Just like every parent, every Goosebumps book thinks their child is crazy. And she says, I'm just, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry we've been so busy. And you know what? Your father and I are going to pay more attention to you now. And we're going to watch you very, very closely. Very closely. And she says, ooh, it's chilly in this room. You should close this window. And so she does. And when she, as soon as she leaves, Brent speaks again. And he, and he says, like, um... I don't want anybody else to know about me. I just I just want to be your best friend. Just be your best friend. And Sammy's like, and then I had the perfect idea. And I've cooked up the perfect plan. To I think get this one is better than the other one. So this is Sammy's next plan. He turns up the hot water in the bathroom across the hall from his bedroom, the sink, the shower, and then he turns up the radiator in his, in his room. And the radiator in all their rooms. In his parents' room and Simon's room and makes sure all the windows are closed. And he sits and sweats and sweats and sweats in the 100 degrees in his room. And he knows it's going to be too hot, too hot for Brent. And then the window opens and he knows that means that Brent has left and is never, ever coming back. So that's the end of the book. So the television episode... So Sammy and Roxanne decide they're going to Hedge House that Saturday night. Good. Let's do it. And Sammy's like, I'm just going to go because I know if I don't go, Roxanne will literally never speak to me again. So She's already so mad at me from the Olympics. So it is a damn cold night. They're trying to figure out this life. Same. And Roxanne is right. The hedges are all unbelievably like three stories tall around the house. And I sat for a while trying to envision this. I sat for a while and tried to envision this, and I couldn't. Yeah, I had a hard time. And they go through this small opening in the hedges, and this this part is kind of what I think of when I think of this book. Is, I think this stuff is fun. I think this stuff is fun, but I, th- I actually think it's too much, almost too much for a Goosebumps book. Oh. Dare I say it. Okay. But we'll get into it. And... But it's like a it's a spook show, and I'll take that. They get into the they they go through a small opening in the hedges, and we see that the they can now see the house because they can't see it from behind the hedges and uh, in front of the hedges. Now that they're through the hedges, they see it's a dark, narrow, three story house with all these broken windows, and it's so windy that the hedges are brushing up against the roof of the house, and it ends up sending a loose roof shingle flying towards them, and they dodge just in time. These hedges must be really close to the house. Yeah, they must be. So they make their way up to the rotting wooden porch, and then they go inside. So here we are inside of Hedge House, you guys. Here we go for most of the rest of this book. 
So there's a dusty chandelier in the entrance hall, and it's so cold inside. And Sammy realizes that he forgot a flashlight. Well, uh, he should brought the molecule detector light. And he, but he pulls a camcorder out of his backpack so they can film everything. Mm. So they go into the living room, and the living room is filled with thick white fog that is seeping in through a crack in the wall. I don't think I've ever seen fog inside of a house before. I don't think I've ever seen thick, um, liquidy white fog traveling through cracks. Maybe I have, but maybe it's a fog machine. Anyway, there it's like very thick, stark white fog that's coming through a crack, and, and it's blowing through so hard that it's causing the curtains to flap hard. <laughs> I don't know. And they go to they go from there into the, an, an empty dining room, then into a kitchen, down a hall, and up some broken stairs to the second floor. And there's not much on the second floor, so they go to the third floor. And on the third floor, they see torn clothing and blankets just thrown everywhere. And Sammy notices that there's all these clothes, and you know, and that one there's a shirt, and one of the, one of the shirts has its right arm missing. And he's like, "Oh wow." That's just like the story. Just like the story from the unfinished tale of Hedge House with no closure. Then they hear creaks from the steps and an eerie moan coming from the steps, followed by a shrill laugh. So we are in official ghost territory. Sammy starts shakily recording what's gone what's going on. Roxanne is like shakily scribbling notes. They're both very scared. And then a chair in the room flies up in the air and flies past them. And then a trunk in the room flies open and then starts slamming shut. So it is Poltergeist Central. Yeah. That chair um, flies past them, hovers in the air in front of them, and then crashes down on the ground. And then the sour blankets that are there come to life. They kind of get up and dance around and wrap around Roxanne and Sammy and start spinning them until they're dizzy, dizzy, dizzying. the same time, windows are slamming open and close. Uh, uh closed and then the trunk starts to open and close by itself and even though they're wrapped up in sour blankets Roxanne grabs the camera from Sammy and starts screaming we're gonna get an A we're gonna get an A and then she accidentally drops the camera and screams something's got me something's got me something's got me and now something is yanking her jacket her across the room and she trips and lands on her knees. Ouchie. And then she stands up and that invisible force spins her and spins her and spins her and spins her around, whirling her around. Sam, Sammy tries to get it all on tape with the camcorder or whatever, but Roxanne is, please help me, please help me. And Sammy just screams, stop, stop, stop. And then whatever, the ghost stops. And then only for a second, then picks her up again and then drops her down on the ground and she lands hard on her knees. Ow, all these knee falls in this book. This hurts. Like, this is getting crazy. This smarts. This and is wild. And then a pillow flies up and starts to smother her. So, like, this is a violent ghost yeah. that is trying to actively kill them. Yep. And Sammy screams, stop it, stop it, stop it. Tries to pull, tries to pull, up the, pull the pillow off. And then hears a hoarse voice that says, Jeffrey, Jeffrey I've been, been waiting, waiting for, for you. And then that force lifts Sammy up in the air and starts yanking him back and forth, back and forth, throwing him around, making his neck snap. My neck, my snap. 
And then another sour blanket rises up from the air and wraps tightly around him. And he wriggles and tickles and struggles and tries to get out of the blanket and is finally dropped face down on the floor. This is so much stuff happening. Right. This is very aggressive and it's a whole lot of woman. And they run, like, I guess um, they're, they get free for a second. Sammy and Roxanne beeline towards the stairs as the voice continues to scream out for Jeffrey. Jeffrey! Very scary, very violent. They make it to the second floor landing when Sammy is grabbed by cold hands from behind and a voice whispers in his ear, I've, I've got, got you, Jeffrey. And then the whole the cold hands squeeze around his neck tighter and tighter and tighter. And Sammy screams, I'm not Jeffrey. And those are his last words. Wow. So uh, here we go, guys. Everything swirls red. Then white stars flash in Sammy's eyes. And then everything fades to black. And then all of a sudden, he snapped out of it and is pulled out of it by Roxanne, who's pulling him down the stairs, out the door, into the cool, sweet air outside. So I guess he didn't die. He was just um, choked until he passed out. Choked until he passed out. So they've made it outside. They're thrilled to be alive in this beautiful, beautiful night. And Roxanne runs straight into her house, and Sammy runs straight into his house. They don't even speak. They just run. Checks the lock on the front door, runs straight into his room, onto his bed, and then he screams when he sees on his bed is the one-armed black shirt. (gasps) Like, this is crazy. Even with all of this absolute ghost insanity that there's no way that Brent could have done all that by himself, I never believed that it was anything other than Brent. No, and in fact, when they get to the room... When Sammy gets to his room, Brent says, didn't I do a great job? Wow, I'm such a good friend and I'm so convincing. You guys will have a great report because of me. And Sammy is furious. He's like, you almost killed my ass, bitch. And you tossed a girl down on her knees over and over again and tried to choke and smother us. You've got to get out. You've got to get out. His dad appears in the doorway and says, Sammy... Oh, Sammy, you're just too old to have an imaginary friend. He goes, no, Dad, Brent is real. And he goes, I have an idea of how you can help me get rid of him, Dad. Please, please, Dad. And his dad is like, okay, okay. And he says, yes, please, thank you for listening, go. So he's his... His dad's like, Sammy, everything's going to be okay. You know, yes, we'll help you get rid of him. Why do you think you created this invisible friend? And he's like, oh, like, don't even worry about it, dad. We're going to we're gonna get rid of him. And, and his dad is like leading Sammy downstairs. And he's like, wait, where are you taking me? And he says, well, I'm taking you to like Dr. Crandall, okay? You have an appointment. You'll really like her. I feel like this has happened in the last few Goosebumps books, or recent ones especially, where the the kids, the parents think their kids are so crazy that they're trying to send them to a a total head shrinker. Yes. And dad says, let me go get the keys, and you just wait right here. And Sammy goes, no one's ever going to believe me. No one, like, ever. It's never going to happen. Here's a knock at the door, and it's Roxanne. And she's like, hey, how awesome was that ghost? And behind Sammy, Simon and both parents appear, and they're pretty somber, and they're like, we're all going to go to Dr. Crandall's, the Dr. Crandall appointment with you, Sammy. We need to get you help. And Roxanne's like, where are you guys going? Can I come? And the dad's like, no, I don't think it would be a good idea. I'm taking Sammy to a doctor. He's been seeing things, but everything's going to be okay. And mom's like, yes, everything's going to be just fine, with a strange smile on her face. And Roxanne's like, oh, you all talking about the ghost? No, girl, that ghost is real. And like 
and they're like, wait, ghost? What? I thought it was an invisible friend. What? What? And Simon's like, dad, can you help me on my science product? And while this sort of confusion is happening, Sammy runs down to the basement where his dad's workbench is and finds the molecule detector light. And he says, I, with, I can prove it. I'll prove it with this. We'll see Brent with this. So he runs upstairs. Everyone follows him to his room. And he says, here, just believe me. Believe me. In his room, Sammy shines the light everywhere but can't find Brent. And he says, Brent, please show yourself. Please, please, please. And Brent finally speaks in front of everyone and says, I don't want to show myself. And they hear that the voice is coming from the closet. So Sammy shines the light in there, revealing that Brent is in there and Brent is a monster. No, no. And he's and they're Isn't like, that a oh. crazy twist, you guys. They're like, oh, gosh. Everybody's like, he's so ugly. And he says, I know. Brent says, that's why my parents made me invisible. They thought I might survive if you couldn't see me. And Simon says, he's so ugly. He only has one head. And Roxanne says, weird. He only has two arms. And they're so short. He can't wrap his arms around and around himself. How does he keep warm? Simon says... And what's that dark stuff growing on the top of his head? Why doesn't he have tendrils and suction pods like we do? Where are his antenna? And how can he see with only two eyes? And mom and dad are like, this is so interesting. And Simon says, I want to use them for my science project. Mom and dad say, we've studied this species before. I think it's called a, a human. And <laughs> Roxanne says, yuck. And Brent says, I know I'm ugly. I didn't want you to see me. And Brent says, I tore my five... Sam- I'm sorry, you're right. Sammy says, I tore my five eyes away from Brent and turned to my dad. I know he's ugly, dad, but I think I'd like to keep him, can I? I'll take good care of him. And his dad says, no, we'd better take him to the zoo. And Sammy says, why? So this is the first paragraph and last paragraph of the book. I sat at the dinner table and wished I was invisible. Last paragraph. Well, he'll get much better care there, Dad answered. After all, humans are an endangered species. That was a twist that I think of when I think of this book immediately. Yes, I think of that twist too. I think it goes on a little too long and it's a little too ridiculous, but like... I'll take it. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, it's it's hilarious. So. Like, it's so silly and weird and dumb. Yeah. Matthew's talking about the Korean book cover, basically. The Korean book cover is just, like, a monster image with several tendrils and a few eyes and, like, a dangly weird ear. So, I'm like, that totally gives away, like, the whole monster aspect Pretty of it. much. Pretty much it does. So, Matthew, what do you think of the book? Um, I thought the book was just okay. You I gave it I a gave C. It, um, yeah, I think, I give it a, I think I'll give it a C+. Plus. Um, with a great attitude about it because I, the hedge house stuff was, um, was it's it it's fun and spookier and scarier than I remember. But you're right, it is a little much, and we never get any real direct answers about, like the Jeffrey story and the one armed ghost thing never really goes anywhere, which I think is kind of disappointing. Um, but yeah. So let's talk about the TV episode. Now, the TV episode kind of uh, in some ways goes in reverse where it, and we'll get into more detail about this, but just generally, it starts out first at Hedge House. Yes, and so let's let's break it down. And it's like Brent follows them from Hedge House, which which is how I remember the books. When I read the book, I was like, oh, interesting, we don't get to Hedge House till later. Well, I always thought, you know, this, this could never be a television episode because of the twist ending. But I will say that this television episode has one of the darkest 
most fucked up, genuinely terrifying endings of any television show I've ever seen. I also think it's prob. It can be argued that it. I think it's probably the. Maybe the scariest moment in the whole TV series. Yes, I'll, I'll agree with that. Like it's very scary. So let's get so let's get to it. So in, my best friend is invisible was season three, episode two, and it starts off with um, and, and it aired on September eighth, nineteen ninety seven, which is only like two months after the book came. Wow, out. Wow, that's so crazy. I know, right? Um, I think the actors who play Sammy and Roxanne are actually pretty good. Um, yeah, I think and they are too. What's so funny is I turned to Daniel when we were watching this episode. I said, "Huh, this is the first Goosebumps episode that doesn't start off with thunder and lightning and no rain." Because there's, well, we get it later. We do get it later. But like that's such a Goosebumps staple is a lot of flashing, crashing thunder and lightning, but absolutely no rain. So the episode starts off with Roxanne and Sammy sort of peeking in on Sammy's parent, Sammy's parents in the basement, like doing weird sciency things. Yeah, to to set it up that that you know Sammy's parents are scientists. And again, Roxanne is really trying to, she's the one who's trying to get Sammy out of the house and is like, let's go, let's go check out Hedge House and film it. And she kind of just wants to be famous to film a real ghost. And he's really, really nervous and scared about it and doesn't want to go. Yeah, he like wants to do a project on photosynthesis. And instead she's like, no, we have to do it on Hedge House. So they immediately go to Hedge House right at the very beginning. Yeah. And- increase the cathode charge we might get a clear morphic image the image is fine norman it's a molecule detection light not a video camera i don't think this is such a good idea oh, come on your parents are working the house could fall down and they wouldn't notice come on boy i never knew hedges could get this big why do you think they call it hedge house look there's probably no ghost in there anyway, so what's the point of going in? The legend says there is a ghost, and we are going in. Oh, come on. Hedge House is pretty spooky. Hedge House, the exterior of Hedge House is, I swear, the same exterior for the Vampire Breath House. Sure. It doesn't look like an old creepy haunted house. It And the, the hedges, they don't really show. It just looks like tall trees. It's shot in such a way that you can't really see much of the house. Yeah. And they're like, the hedges are so hot, are so tall, and it just shows a shot of the moon with, like, branches sort of in front of yeah. it. So th- it goes on for a while where they're just walking around a scary house, and ambiguous things are kind of happening behind their back. Like, at one point, a glove floats up behind them and draws a smiley face on the mirror. Presumably, if this glove is Brent, Brent is very tall to go up to this tall, tall mirror and r- write a smiley face on it. They're not really shook by some of the things that happen so much. In fact, a, like, a, a rolling cart dinner table comes towards them with, like, a dinner plate with one of those, like, little lids on it. A cloche? A cloche? Yeah, I think that's what you call it. Wow. Well, they lift off the lid or the cloche or whatever, and there's a, a paper note written in squiggly ghost letters and Sharpie that says, I'm ready for my close-up. And what's so funny is, like, Roxanne isn't super scared by any of this. She's like, what's a weird note doing here? And they, like, go into another room, and a chair turns around, and there's a note on the chair that says, boo, in the same squiggly handwriting. And Roxanne's like, this is stupid. Like, but no one's scared that someone's actually doing this. And then a glowing, on-fire clown head comes out of a closet, and Sammy screams, and it's commercial break. And then after that, it's like... they just back at Sammy's house and Sammy and Roxanne are talking about it. And he was like, I was so scared. She's like, yeah, it was awesome. We've got to go back. 
And he was like, what about the, he's like, what about that clown? Did you see the face? She goes, you mean this mask? And like pulls a mask out of her bag? No one explains why that clown mask was glowing and floating towards them or whatever. And then this thing starts happening and like Roxanne goes home or whatever. And Sammy's kind of back at his house, freaked out about Hedgehouse. And this thing starts happening where we see like a, a warped POV of something watching Sammy. So we start to think that like maybe a ghost is watching. But when it's from that warped POV, the sound is kind of distorted. So it makes it seem like it's a monster of some kind who's watching all of it. And Sammy hears these sounds from downstairs. He's a chair rocking by itself, the basement door flying open by itself. And he like, it's spooky and ooky. And he gets downstairs to the basement and sees that his dad is working down there. He's like, did you, how long have you been down here, dad? And he's like, you can't be down here. He says, stay out of the basement. He says, I'm working on things. He says, what is this light thing you're working on? He said, no, no, don't touch it, son. And when Sammy gets back to his room, his room is like a disaster. No chicken legs, but like the mattress is flipped over and the, you know, stuff is torn up and the desk is messy. I thought it was interesting having another scene where it was a dad scientist in a basement who's working on stuff who does not want his children to bother him. Yeah. So he's like, go back upstairs. So Sammy's definitely scared by his room being trashed, but instead of like you know, bothering his dad again or waking up mom and does not have a little brother in this episode. He yeah, just, they could totally get rid of Simon. There's no Simon He just calls Simon Roxanne in the middle of the night. And says, like, I think the ghost followed me home. So the next major thing that happens is the next night, it's that lightning and thunderstorm with no rain. And the parents and Sammy are watching uh, Scarecrow Walks at Midnight on TV. Literally. And... He's, it's like kind of a bad dream sort of thing where he closes his eyes for a second and opens them and his parents are com- completely disappeared. They were sitting right next to him. Thunderstorm, thunderstorm. And then the wind starts blowing and he hears noises and like it's the curtains really go flying. haunted stuff going on. And I turned to Dan while watching this. I was like, can you tell me what's happening right now? And like in, in particular, Matthew asked me this when Sammy goes upstairs and he has like a bunch of like, I don't even know how you explain it. Like little like science fiction spa- like model spaceships that are that are like are shaking on his dresser. Yeah. And then one like that's like broke it's like a broken pieces are on the floor and it looks like a dirty sponge with like metal tubes sticking out of it. Yes. And it like rises from the floor and then floats and makes science fiction noises and floats into the closet and the closet doors open by themselves and then that same clown mask on fire and bright white comes shooting out of the out of the the closet again but then he wakes up and it was all a dream so all of that was a dream but when okay but then when he does wake up from that all being a dream he has like a fucking like abacus or whatever what's that thing i wrote my note said his boppers start moving so it's like that thing where it's like in like offices or psychiatrist's office where they have those dangly shiny metal balls it's like five metal balls and you like click one on the end and it pops the other ball at the end up and then it smacks back down then pops it back and forth like a metronome and it goes on forever and those start moving and then a voice starts speaking to him and the and the voice is like I mean it's a kid's voice it's Brent it's a little kid and goes hey I was playing with that and you know Sammy's scared and kind of talks to him but the thing that's interesting to me about this is he was like you're a go-, like basically says you're a ghost like what are you doing these things you're being a ghost and all and and Brent never says I'm not a ghost yes he just he he kind of says he's the ghost of Hedgehouse yeah he's like I'm the ghost of Hedgehouse and he was like yeah I came here because things are um. Dead over at Hedge House. Not bad, just dead. <laughs> Who said that? I did. <laughs> what, what do you want? That depends. Uh, uh, are, are you a ghost? Yes, I'm the ghost of Hedge House. Please, please don't kill me. 
I never thought about killing him. Forget, forget I said it. You know, Sam, it might be kind of cool to hang out with you for a while. It was dead around Hedgehouse. Not bad. Dead. It's like, oh, okay. And... Roxanne, like, he, he wants to convince Roxanne of what's going on, and so he brings her over, and he's like, juggle these eggs, Brent, and nothing happens. And she's like, oh, cool, great. And and exactly as it is in the book, except it's Every eggs. time Roxanne turns around, the eggs are juggling in the air, but then when she turns back to face the eggs, the eggs are down, so she thinks that Sam's totally insane. The next day at school, that thing happens on the, the chalkboard with the Yeah, hand. the old, old-timey chalkboard. And... What happens in this moment is instead of screaming and running out of the room, Sammy says, the teacher's like, what's going on? You got all of these questions wrong. Like the, the hand takes him over and, and just does all of the math equations for him and they're all terribly wrong. And yeah. the teacher's like, what's the deal? And Sammy just goes, it, was, it wasn't me, it, it was a ghost. And I like, can't believe he's saying that out loud and everybody laughs at him. Very impressive, Sam. You managed to get them all wrong. <laughs> it, it wasn't me. It was a, a ghost. Take your seat, Sam. So that that day at the, in the lunchroom, everyone's making fun of him because um, because of what happened in math class. In fact, like this like giant bully like pushes Sam's face into some like porridge or and something. And says, "Sorry, like that. it wasn't me. It was a ghost." And then Brent, is at school with him, takes like a, a, a glob of mashed potatoes and throws it back at the bully. And of course the bully thinks that Sammy did it. And it's like cut-, cut to Sammy in the bathroom, like cleaning mashed potatoes off his face. And he's like, you've got to stop this, Brent. And he's like, he's like, I want to be your friend. He's like, you're not my friend. And he was like, oh yeah? Um, I, if, you're, if I'm not your friend, I'm your worst nightmare. What was I supposed to do? The guy was picking on you. would I be if I let him get away with that? You're not my friend! What are you saying, Sam? I'm saying you're not my friend! You're my worst nightmare! I want you out of my house and out of my life! You're exactly right, Sam. I'm not your friend. I've never been your friend. I'm your worst nightmare. So then, um... Roxanne wants to go back to the house, wants to go back to Hedge House. Yeah. And Sammy's like, no way. I'm never going back to that house again. Never. And then it cuts the shot of them inside the house. And she says, never, huh? And they're like going up the stairs in the house. And the stairs to me look like repurposed stairs from Night of the Living Dummy 3 and from um, Welcome to Dead House. Probably. I, I, I kind of clock those. And... As they're going through the house, they're like weird animal growls, sort of like monster growl noises, and like yes, and also far off in the distance, there's an evil laugh, like. <laughs> and they're like looking around, and they open a door at one point, and the big bright blue light is beaming from the from the room, and they just say, and and Roxanne's like, "What is that?" And they just close the door. We never see what's in the room, <laughs> and it's just like generic haunted hoodle toodle stuff. Yeah, and they find one room that's. That has a bed and food wrappers and cans and stuff. And they're like, what is this? Why would a ghost have this? What's doing? What's this doing in here? And Brent, like, takes the camera from Roxanne. And smashes it. And smashes it. it and, and, and finally, Sammy's like, welp, 
say hello to Brent, Roxanne. Here he is. And she says, hello, goodbye. And, and she like, kind of screams and runs away. Runs out of the I house. think she's pretty good. I, I think like she's her. pretty good, too. I thought that was pretty good. And as she's running out of the house, like, th- there's the sound of, like, demonic laughter that chases them yeah. out. That is not Brent's voice. <laughs> Roxy, say hello to Brent. Hello. Goodbye. I, I think I'll be going to now. so weird and so sam runs his runs home too and as he's running inside his parents kind of see him running by they're like sam where are you going and he's like the ghost the ghost i'd also like to pause here and say i wish and maybe this is just a goosebumps motif they didn't have to pander to kids to like show like all the adults are such adults all the adults are always dressed like cartoon characters like the teacher earlier with her french braid and her glasses i'm like we can handle the fact that it's a teacher who doesn't look like a cartoon version of a teacher and the parents who are scientists are wearing their white lab coats inside and the dad with his bow tie and his cartoon glasses yeah it's 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 cartoonish yeah and basically they're like ghost huh and Sammy like runs off and the camera just lingers on the parents. They say, oh, I knew there must be some of them here. We must do something about it. And I was like, what? And basically cut to Sammy confronts, um, Sammy goes to his room and Brent is now in his room and is kind of like throwing stuff at him. And the parents come in and they're like, wait, 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 that's not a ghost. And they take the molecule light or whatever, and they shine it around Sammy's room, and they find a tiny, tiny, dirty little boy with long blonde hair in the corner. And Sammy's reaction is, oh, God, what is it? Was it some kind of monster? And the parents are like, no, it's a human. They were all they were all sent to the space colonies when we landed here two years ago. Some escaped and stayed behind. And he's like, well, yeah, my parents said that maybe I could survive if I was invisible. Why did you take over our planet? And I was like, what? Like, what is happening? Because they all look like humans. And he was like, and that light that you built, it's just to find humans and hurt them. And they're like, no. And the mom's like, no, Brent. We'll help you. No, we, you know, we found this light so we can find humans like you and help you. Please don't hurt me. Brent? It's a human, Sam. Human? I thought there weren't any more humans. That's right, Sam. They were all sent to the space colonies when we landed here two years ago. Almost all of them. Some clever ones escaped and stayed behind. So, you really weren't a ghost. My parents did it. They said I might be able to survive if no one could see me. Now I understand why you're so angry. Why did you take over our planet? It's all right, Brent. We're not going to hurt you. Of course not. We didn't agree with what was done to the other humans. We didn't want to send them away. No! Leave me alone! You built those detector lights to find humans like me! And then you guys, this is what happens, and this is the most terrifying thing I've ever seen in my life. So the it mom, truly is very scary. The mom, the dad, and Sammy all turn around and through their hair, 
eyes open and there's a mouth. So they have mouths and eyes in the back of their heads. And the mouth and eyes open through their patches of hair and are like, hello, Brent, you're gonna die. They, right? No, they say, we won't hurt you, Brent. We promise. And they all laugh evilly and it's like evil smiles in the back of heads. It's so frightening to see these three faces with these wide eyes and these big grinning mouths poking out of hair that are cackling demonically. And then there's a twisted shadow of the three of them stretched across the wall walking towards Brent to presumably kill him and that's how the that's episode, how the episode ends. ends we did it to help you brent to save you from the others we won't hurt you brent we promise <laughs> i have to say i think i like the way the episode handles the content better than the book. Um, I think visually it helps a whole lot to have that. I mean, of course, you couldn't do the how the how the book is. Visually. I thought it was a smart way to do that. I actually. did too. And I lo- and I think I feel like it makes more sense that Brent shows up after they go to Hedge House. He's just been hiding out in Hedge House, and that explains the ghost of Hedge House. Right. As opposed to him just randomly showing up in a room. We never get any explanation in the book where why Brent specifically really is there with Sammy or any of no, that No, it doesn't stuff. make any it doesn't make any sense. The hedge house stuff is just incidental as opposed to in the television episode where Brent's been staying at Hedge House living living his life basically as a ghost. It's a TV episode I'd like to sort of watch again. Yeah. Maybe. We've seen worse. We've seen much worse. We've seen it's worse true. episodes and the actors It's worth were, it for the end. The I actors think. were a lot better than some of the episodes that we've had. We've had. Woo! Ooh, girl. Well, you guys, um, up next, we're going back into some deep trouble. Yeah, like 40 books later, basically, we have the sequel to Deep Trouble. We'll finally get to the TV episode of Deep Trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Are you guys ready to splish and splash around with us and to get into trouble? Um, Thank you so much for listening, you guys. Uh, If you want to reach out to us, you can. You can reach out to us at welcometodeadcast at gmail.com, or you can say hi to me in particular on Instagram as Daniel X Montgomery, or on Twitter as Daniel Montgomery. Or you can reach out to me in particular, and my Instagram is Matthew underscore Scott Montgomery, unders- Matthew underscore Scott underscore Montgomery, and my Twitter is iRobotUJane. Yes, it's a Buffy episode. I like Buffy too, but Goosebumps is my number one. I'd like to give a shout out to one of our shout listeners. Out. Her name is Melissa. She has a podcast that is, uh, they go, she goes through each episode of Tales from the Crypt. The podcast is called the Good Evening Kitties Podcast, and as of today, I'm all caught up with the whole podcast. Really? She sent us a very sweet email, and she... That's amazing that you're all caught up. She asked to sort of, like, tell others about the show, and, um, you know, she is, uh, she's fun and sweet, and I love Tales from the Crypt. Yes. And, you know, to give that a listen if you guys very, want. Very recently, here in Los Angeles, at the Mystic Museum in uh, Burbank, there was a Goosebumps and Tales from the Crypt crypt art show that was incredible Oof, gosh if you follow so us good. on instagram i uh, did you post any pictures from it mm-hmm. i posted some pictures of I, have a, I, I have a picture of me with the haunted mask um and a lot of other fun tales from the crypt paraphernalia there's a lot of artwork that sort of combined uh slappy with the crypt keeper and it was just really it's just heaven super cool and really melissa so we love you and we think you're so awesome and love your podcast um how wonderful so you guys um whatever you do don't disappear do you promise? <laughs> 
Yeah, join us next time you guys get into some trouble. If you dare. dare.